0: Welcome everyone to Knox Game Design for November 2023. My name is Levi Smith. So this month I'm going to be talking about how to make a card memory game, how to design this and implement uh, a card game. So there's a couple of examples of uh, this card game. If you ever played Super Mario Bros. 3, it was a mini game where you could earn items and also, there used to be an old game show called Classic Concentration, where contestants would try to match two cards, and then if they matched the cards, and they would win the prize. So that's what the this is basically going to be. Um, this is a good starting game if it, for beginners, something easy to implement that isn't too involved. So. Uh, the first step is, well, what objects? I'm gonna take an object-oriented approach to doing this card memory game. So first th- thing that you'll need is a card object. Uh, card, we're gonna have a card have a, a, a type ID, uh, which is gonna be an integer, basically a, a whole number. Uh, then it's going to have a status. Is it face up or is it face down? So as you select these cards, they're going to flip face up. Uh, and then if you match two, then that goes to the, the matched card and then the game is over once all the cards are matched. Uh, the card is going to have a position. So this is going to be a graphical game. You could probably do this as a uh, as a console game, text-based game, but we're just going to do a, a graphical version. And starting now, you don't need to worry about card images or visuals. And then you want to have a game manager, class, object. So that that game manager is going to track all the cards in the game. It's going to have a collection of unmatched cards, uh, all the cards in the game, and then... Th- you can design this a couple of different ways. You can move those cards to a matched card list, move them from the unmatched card to the matched card list or collection as the player matches them. Then whenever all the cards have been removed from the unmatched list or collection, then uh, then the game is over. The player wins. A couple of constants that you'll need, and this is just for display purposes. Uh, Well, you need to know the max number of cards, so that's not for display purposes. You you need to know how many uh, cards. And this could be a variable value, and I implemented this game, uh, so you can use a, a changed actual number of cards. Uh so you're you're not set to what is it eighteen and like the Mario 3 example up there. Uh but you do need to know how many cards per row so you can lay out the cards appropriately. So that's just for display. It really doesn't have anything to do with game logic. So when I'm done game examples in the past. I so usually just get into implementation, which really isn't the what you want to do. So for this one, uh, I went ahead and did a state diagram, a couple of state diagrams showing. So the card is pretty simple. So this black circle, that, that's just the starting state. So each card is going to have like a state machine, FSA, finite state, autonomy, or whatever you want to call it. It's called different things deterministic finite autonoma. But yeah, it starts out in the face-down state. All the cards start out face-down, and then as the player clicks a card, then it goes to the face-up state, and then by no uh, means of its own control, then it goes back down to the face-down after the game manager determines that there's no match. Uh, So that's kind of like a null or a lambda transition there uh it's controlled by the game manager itself. So, so here's the game manager. So this is a little bit more complex, but it's good to like diagram this out before you implement that. I kind of think of it as a roadmap. So as you're uh, implementing this with your classes and everything, then you kind of see, hey, these are the states that it goes through. And if you're not implementing according to this state diagram, then you're doing something wrong. (laughs) So you start it up here in the upper left-hand corner with the the single black dot. So the game manager is gonna create a collection of card objects, and then we're gonna shuffle that collection. So we're gonna start out in the no card selected state. So then the user selects a card, a face down card, then it goes to the one card selected state. Then the user selects another face down card. Then it goes to the two card selected state. And then it's automatically going to go down to this check match state. So either the selected cards matched or the selected cards don't match. If the selected cards match, then we're going to add the cards to the matched collection. So I'm using the matched collection here. Um, <clears throat> you could just remove them from the unmatched. Yeah, that's kind of a design decision right there. So if the cards didn't match, then we're going to check to see if all cards match. If all cards are in the match collection the the player wins And this double circle right here, that's the end state. Um, if the selected cards didn't match, then we're going to unselect those two selected cards Set them back to face down, and then uh, not all cards match. So we're assuming if they didn't match, then uh, then then you still got more matches to do. So then uh, we're going to send the player back, send the game back to the no cards selected state, <laughs> so the player can keep playing. So that's kind of like the little roadmap there. Here's some display properties for the card. A width, and a height, and a draw method. So, by the way, I'm going to... Ch- My example is in Monogame again. I like Monogame just because you can get Visual Studio for free. Um, the Monogame library is for free. Uh, the only downside to Monogame, they don't have a web build, so you can only do desktop builds. I think you can do Android, mobile builds. But uh, so then the game manager, you're going to have card spacing and draw. I think some other properties I left off here. Okay, so here's the first step of the example. So I, I implemented this in seven different steps to show how this is created. So we're going to create a game manager object, and we're going to create a collection of card objects. The game manager, we're going to set the card position. Uh, mono game, we're gonna create card face up and card face down sprite. So yeah, the bad thing about mono game is you have to have a sprite for everything. You can't just draw a rectangle easily. Some other languages like Allegro or SDL, I think may don't quote me on that. I know they may have rectangle drawing um calls built in. So we're going to import those into the MGBC editor. So yeah, you just double-click the MGBC editor in the project hierarchy, and that'll open it up. You can import the sprites. So starting out, we're just going to have like a, a black square and a white square The draw rectangles <laughs> for sprites. Uh, Yeah, so I just create a static dictionary for all the sprites so they're all in one place. So makes things easier. Yeah, and like I said, other game libraries, you can probably just draw a rectangle without importing the sprites. That's something that could be left as an exercise is implement this in other languages. So here we go. So we want to draw the cards to the screen. <laughs> and start out, we just want to draw the cards. You don't, yeah. You just want to display, like, how many of our cards that are in your collection to the screen, starting. That's the first step. <laughs> if, you, if you're not at that point, then you need to stop and go back and, yeah, just get, like, if you've got 18 cards. Just, you want to draw the three rows of cards spaced apart. So here's the card positioning formula. So you got, each card has an index. Zero through max number of cards minus one. So we're going to, for the X position, we're going to mod cards per row. Then multiply that by cards width plus card spacing. For the Y position, we're going to take the card index, divide by cards per row. That should give you number zero, one, or two. Multiply that by card height times card spacing. So that's, that's a little bit of magic you need to know there. So I went ahead and like put this in the slide. Um, uh, Basically what what I did by default you get this game one class in mono game. So we're loading the textures, creating the game manager object, adding sprite batch beginning and end. draw on game manager. So you can see that's why I didn't highlight it or anything in here. But uh I don't have the magnifier, uh, but that's basically what this does. We've got the game manager, creating the dictionary textures, and then we're loading our card face up and card face down. And we're leaving the update alone. And then in our draw method, all we're doing is calling sprite batch begin, then game manager draw, sprite batch end. So in our game manager we have a draw method here so it's going to handle drawing all the cards just to keep things simple because the game manager has the list of all cards so i like keeping that within the game manager itself and we have the constants max number of cards cards per row is going to be six 16 pixels between cards and then i got a create cards method it's good to have the create cards in its own method just because later on we're going to have a reset method. So then if we want to reset the game or start a new game, just call Create Cards, and delete the old cards, and call Create Cards again. So it's going to leap through and set all the card positions and add it to our cards list. And here's our card over here, our card object. So it's just going to have a type, anti-type, which we're not dealing with right now boolean is face up and a position card width card height and a draw method and a position so this is what it looks like right here we're gonna have three rows of cards let me get escape out of that and just approve this is it right here run memory game and there it is right there (laughs) so so this is the first step just get Three rows of rectangles uh black rectangles displayed on the screen and by the way the uh that m g b c editor I did a talk on monogame a while back it has a lot of good uh information but you can expand content and yeah content m g b c right there. Yeah, so this is the editor. The importer just manages all your resources, so you just gotta go in and click plus, add existing items, and you can select your PNG files here. And that gets tied to the, uh, in your load content, you just say content load texture, then the name of the texture that you loaded, And I just add that to this texture static textures collection right here that we have all the textures in one place. That way, in your card, you can just say um, Game 1 textures, card face down. And I don't know. People may have discussions on whether this is the appropriate thing to do or not. It just makes things cleaner to me having just one textures object, you could probably create a whole different textures class and do it that way. And people may complain about having a static textures collection, but the problem with like not doing it this way is... You're going to have to pass a reference from this game one all the way through game manager down to card, and it gets to be a big mess. And that's why I just have it as a static right there. Okay, so here's part two, step two. And do step five. Okay, so you got so if you got your three rows of cards face down, card three rows of just. Uh, black rectangles that look like cards, and you can move to next step. So the next step is create a variable to hold the So we already actually did this, but each card's going to have an ID, a type ID. It... Just be aware that these IDs are reused between cards because it's a type ID, not a specific ID for the card. So this is going to be like if we go back to the Mario 3 example go back so the type ID is gonna be like an ID for the mushroom or the star or the uh flower or the coin number or like in the uh classic concentration it's gonna be the prize and phone answering machine that that would be the type ID and and it's not gonna be like mushroom or anything it's actually going to gonna be an integer ID um, value because we don't want to compare strings. So we're going to assign the ID upon card creation. We're going to increment the ID every after every two cards. Uh, we're going to use a separate variable to hold how many times the IDV has been assigned. And yeah, if we're allowing so I don't, I'm not doing this in this implementation, but it may be possible to have um uh, IDs four times or six times or eight times. So if you have four mushroom cards, you may have that IDs four times or six times. But in this example, I'm just going to have each one used twice. And then what we want to do in this step is just draw the ID value for each card. So this is what the code looks like. Uh yeah, so display the value in monogame, you gotta set up this font. So it's another MGBC deal. You create that in the content editor, and there's an XML file and set up with the font. That's all that we're changed. Uh, we're gonna do in game one. In the game manager, uh we're creating the cards, and here's where we're like setting the type ID right here. That's all we're doing. So then we're incrementing the ID count. Then if the ID count is greater than the max shared ID, which, like I said, is just going to be two in this implementation, but you can change it, make it four, or six, or eight. You just got to make sure it's not something weird. Actually, you could probably do three, but you got to make sure that the the total number of cards is a multiple of three. So if you do something weird like that, just make sure uh you got the right number of number of maximum cards. So yeah, if it goes over the max shared IDs, then we're gonna set it back down to zero. Then we're gonna add so that this is the same adding the card to the list. So for the card we're gonna just draw the ID of that card, the type ID of that card on top of the card. Uh, then I got a set ID function. So this is what it looks like starting out. So we just want to have 0011223344556677 and 88. So if we go back to the code, so have got memory game two, open that up. And run memory game 2. And I'll put this code out. In a source code repository. Where people can access it. So yeah here it is. Zero, zero, 001122334455667788. Five, eight. That's the next step. Um, but yeah this is just kind of going step by step. Showing how I implement this. No like. I don't know. If you give somebody say, "Hey, go out and implement a memory card game," people may not just know where to start at all. So this is just going through my head how how I implement this, and there may be a, there's probably many other different ways to implement this. This is just how I implement it, one solution to the problem. So the next step, step three, memory game three, is to shuffle the cards. So we need to create a shuffle cards method, create a new shuffled list data structure. This is just going to be temporary. Actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to move all the cards from the original card list into a shuffled card list, then make the new shuffled card list the the card list. So we're just kind of moving the pointer around. Then the old card list isn't going to point to anything and so it's going to be empty and we're just going to let the garbage collector get it because there won't be anything pointing to it um we're going to select a random integer from zero to all the card list size that's how we're going to shuffle it so we're going to pick a random card out of the old cards list add it to the shuffled card list um, yeah, that's basically what I said there. After all cards have been removed from the all cards list, we're going to point the all cards list at the new shuffled list. So we're just kind of moving the pointer over. Uh, so we're assuming the empty dereferenced all cards list will be garbage. That's what I just said. will be garbage collection and... Oh yeah, so if you're doing like C++ or C, make sure you free up the memory. Um, but in mono game, we don't have to worry about that if we're doing C sharp. So then we're gonna update. Oh yeah, so once we have the shuffled card list, we wanna go back and make sure we update the shuffled, the position of the shuffled cards. Otherwise, the cards w- w- won't be moved. Yeah, so this is it. Game Manager. We've got the list of all cards, so we're going to create the cards, then we're going to shuffle the cards, and we're going to reset the card position. So here's our shuffle cards. So it's just a list of cards. And then we're going to have this random value that we're going to call R. So while the list of all cards is greater than zero, so we're going to pick a random card from the list. And then... We're going to assign that to this card object and then we're going to add it to the shuffled card list and then we're going to remove it from the all cards. So eventually all cards should reach zero as they're moved from the all cards to the shuffled cards. And then we're just going to say list all cards is going to get shuffled cards. Then at that point, the old list of all cards it'll be empty, garbage collected, which there isn't anything in it anyway. And then we're going to update the card positions, so we're going to go through all the cards and set the, reset their positions. Yeah, so this is what it looks like in a run. So instead of having zero zero one one two two, then we got this random five two one eight seven six six seven zero zero four three. And let me show the example. So here's step three. So if you're looking at this, it may not look like a memory card game. It's like, oh, well, what's the deal with all these random numbers? But yeah, you'll... In a minute it'll start looking more like a a memory game instead of just a bunch of numbers on black triangles. Yeah, so that's the next step is just to get all the cards randomized
1: and shuffled. So here's part four, step
0: four, the card flipping. So this is where you need a graphic interface. Get the X and Y position. So we're going to require that the user click on a card. They get the X and Y position and the mouse click. We're going to go through all the cards and uh, in the game manager and see if any of the cards have been pressed. Um, oh yeah, so in C Sharp they got rectangle contains. And you, you can use the X and Y position to check to see if that card has been clicked. Um, you could have stored the card as a X and Y and width and height. I didn't do it that way, but that's probably one improvement I would make. Instead of having uh separate ints for width and height, you could have just stored it all as a rectangle object. Then you don't have to do the convert create a new rectangle object. Um, if a card is located that location, and if and if it's face down, if it's already face up, then you don't want to flip it over. Then you want to set the card face up property to true, and update the card drawing code so the sprite is changed to face up, or alter it some way to show that it's face up. Here's the code. So in the game one, that default class. Then we just, in the update, we want to track the mouse state. And if the state's changed from uh, unpressed to pressed, then we're going to do game manager check press. So that's going to, the game manager is just going to leap through all the call cards to see if a card has been clicked that location. So then in our card, then, uh, yeah, we got the check press down here. I'm just passing in the X and Y of the pressed location. And here's where we're creating that new rectangle, X and Y of the car position, width, and height. So if the rectangle contains that X and Y, then we're going to set is face up to true. So if you really want to know how this is implemented, well, I don't know how they implement it, but you can actually do your own 2D um, point-in-rectangle um, collision or detection that's in the 2D collision talk that I did. You can check that out if you actually want to write this yourself instead of using rect1contains. So it isn't hard to write that function, but I just used the built-in contains method. So yeah, here in our card, and we're gonna, just going to change it so we got our card face up and card face down. And uh, so it's two different sprites, just one's black and one black for down, white for up. So we're gonna draw the card right here, color white. Then, if it is face up, then we're gonna draw the card number with the type ID. And uh, actually, yeah, so here, if it's face down, it's going to be white. If it's face up, it's going to be black. Yeah, so this is what it looks like. But now you can click the cards to reveal the values. So let's show what this looks like. So This is demo four. Go back up. Memory game four. Should close the old
1: one. Okay, here's what it looks like.
0: So we're going to start out with all the cards down. So as we click, then it's going to pop up the numbers. So as you can see, at this point, we're not detecting any matches or anything. We're just making it so as you click these rectangles, they're going to show the IDs. So that's the next step. Just make it so when you click these, then they show the the type ID numbers. Okay, so part five, step five, check for matches. So yeah, now we got the card flipping working. Now we want to check for matches. So the game manager, let's add a collection for holding the selected cards. There could be a case where you could select more than two cards. I'm not going into that. So we're just going to have two, only two cards selected at a time uh, in this implementation, just like the Mario Three or the classic Concentration. So design decision, state variable. So you could use a state variable with an enum and switch for determining the current. Selection state or determine the current state by looking at the selected cards. So I'm just looking at the state by looking at how many cards are selected. I'm not doing an enum Because you could could go into some redundancy there Um, Using enums would make it a little bit easier to follow But I'm not doing that. I'm just checking to see how many cards are selected uh should the game manager determine the current card selection by looping through all the cards? yeah, that's basically what I'm doing and count the number of face up cards and you can add a check match Yeah, that's what I'm doing adding the check match method in game manager to check if the cards are matched. and then if the selected cards match, then add the cards to the match collection else set the cards back to face down and always clear out the selected cards after a check match whether matched or not uh mono game will return true oh yeah so this is where you need to check the button state pressed before and, and after um if the mat if the on the button pressed because mono game when you press the mouse the button state pressed will continue to fire However, long the user presses the mouse button down, so even if they click briefly, you're going to get multiple mouse pressed returns on update. So, you got to check between this, it's just like the keyboard, you got to check the state of the mouse before if it was released on the previous update, and if it's pressed on the next update, then that's the frame that the button has been pressed. So the problem is, when I first implemented this, uh, I would click the first card and then click the second card. Then immediately, if there wasn't a match, it would immediately select that second card again because it sees that pressed immediately fired again. So you got to check bet- the transition between the unpressed and the pressed state. That's why that's there. Yeah, that's why I said. Otherwise, the second card will immediately be selected again after the match. When the second card is selected, the match check will immediately occur. Therefore, the so once you, once you select that second card, it, if it if it doesn't match, then you then you hide this card again. The player will never see that second card because it will immediately go back to the hidden. Uh, If they don't match, so what you got to do is you got to add a little bit of delay in there so the player can see uh, that the cards didn't match. Uh, Or you could like have a check for mouse click to proceed or something like that. I didn't do that. I just have a delay of like a second or two um, after the second card is selected. Then when the delay expires, check for the match. Oh, you could check for the match. Uh, I, I didn't do that. It's better just to check the match and then if they don't match add a delay then after the delay expires don't let the player select cards again. That's what I'm doing here so yeah, this is that mouse state checking code right here in the default class. Game managers so I got cards selected, list of cards selected, and list of cards matched. Uh, there, here's that reset delay. Uh, so in the game, so we're not even changing the cards. So in uh, the check press, then uh, then we're going to check to see if two cards have been selected. Then if two cards have been selected, then we're going to check if they match. So yeah, this is just a simple quickie. Here's a check match if the first selected card type ID equals the second, so at index zero. So the first selected card is at index zero. The second selected card is at index one. If If the type IDs of both of those match, then we're going to add those to the cards match collection. Then we're going to clear out the selected cards. Otherwise, we're going to have two seconds of delay. Here's the update. If the reset delay is greater than zero, so here's the delay, then uh, then we're going to subtract off. This is kind of like delta time in Unity. I always forget what it is in MonoGame. It's float game time dot lapsed game time dot total seconds. We'll to subtract off that. So if there is delay, we're going to subtract that off. Once the delay gets back to, down to zero, then we're going to select, set the selected cards back to face down, and then we're going to reset the selected cards. And uh, did I have a demo for five? I think I did. I just didn't put a screenshot in here because I don't think it really... You really can't show a screenshot for the reset. Unless you do an animation, which I didn't take the time to do an animation and all that. Plus, it makes the presentation bigger if you do animations. Okay, so here's step five. So we select two cards. They didn't match. And they they go back to hidden three and five, three and three. So those match. So you can immediately... So the thing in this step, if you got two that match, six, five... So here I'm going to do five and five, then I can immediately select the next cards. Six, five, two, two. Yeah, so if you've got two that match, then you mat- automatically select the next card. But if they don't match, then you've got two seconds of delay before you can select cards again. Okay, so so now we've got matching cards working. Uh, We've got the flipping working, and we've got the matching working. Well, what what is the win condition? So the player wins when all cards are in the matched collection and check for the win condition after a successful match. Um, The simplest check is to see if all the count of all the cards equals the count of matched cards. Alternatively, you can create an unmatched collection at the start, and then remove from the unmatched collection as they are matched. Game is over when all the unmatched collection is size of zero. Um, yeah. Logically, it's easier for me to uh, understand the match collection. Uh, you got a collection of cards as they match, and you add them to the match collection. So this is like one of those things where it's easier just to program it logically. Maybe more efficient to do them unmatched. I don't know. But logically, it just seems simpler to have a, a match collection. Uh, so I went ahead and created two game states here, one for state playing and state win. That way, once you go from state playing to state win, then you quit checking for clicks, you quit checking for flip cards and all that. So here's the implementation. So yeah, I have a game state right here, state plane, state win. You got a game state here in your game manager. So we're gonna start out in state plane. So one reason for doing this is in your raw message, you can just have a switch and state, and have a state plane. You draw the cards, state win. And we're still gonna draw the cards, but we're also gonna draw you win and some other stuff. You could have actual separate methods for state plane and put those in their own little functions and not have them in the switch statement uh, just depends on how you want to implement that didn't change anything and draw cards uh, check match I don't think we changed anything here oh we added the check win after after we checked for a match if they did successfully match then we check win and then in check win, if the card's matched, list the cards match count equals all cards count, then send it to the state win. So here it just says you win in red on top. So yeah, that's all you need to do is make it say you win.
1: Okay, So
0: so the point being is... Whenever I'm making a game, then you want to just get the the engine, the base game working first and not worry about graphics or sound. When I started making games like 40, 30 years ago, however long it was when I was a teenager, I'd want to add all the whist- bells and whistles first and just do the start working on graphics and everything else. but. Uh, but you really
1: just want to get the core functionality working. So there's an 8... Oh, 7. See if I can beat my own game. There's a 1. Yeah, it's
0: hard enough playing memory... by itself, but when you're trying to do a demo and do memory... X is there. Zero, zero. So what I like to do is just go through sequentially and try to like remember like four at a time if I can.
1: Yeah, so there we go.
0: We matched them all and it says you win. So that is a working memory card flipping game. So it doesn't look pretty. <laughs> But it is a working game, so... When I was doing this, I guess a week or two ago, I went ahead and added the bells and whistles to this. So, it kind of feels like... I made it so it actually feels like a game that I would share with somebody. So, here's the bells and whistles. I added these these card graphics. So, I, I went and found some free graphics online... And then I took some emojis. I actually changed that sun emoji to a something, I think a star or something. Just so that all these are I could modify the colors, uh, randomized colors and uh for each of the uh symbols. Okay, so basically for each card ID of those one zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, I changed that with a graphical represent a sprite so i took these emojis turned them into sprites and basically what i did is so i got a uh, like a uh, i made all of the sprites just black and white so then i can use the uh, color tint command or the color option when you're drawing a sprite to change to set the color so i can have random colors for each of the uh uh cards each of the uh, symbols are going to have a r- random color for each each time that I play the game
1: so that
0: adding the colors is so the other thing I did I did add I found some like free music I don't intend to sell any of this but I did like have a, a put it like a readme in there with the credits and all that good stuff so people can find the original authors and all that. So yeah, here's all the drawing code and all that. So if you look at the game one, so I loaded in all these all these uh, symbols, images, sprites, and loaded all those into the content mgbc right here. Right here, you can see. And then I added card flipping sounds. I got that from, I think, freesound.org. And some... I didn't... I didn't compose the music for this. I just found some music to throw in there. So here here it is. (laughs) Without further ado. That's kind of small. But, uh, yeah, memory game. So I'll turn the sound up a little bit. If I can win my own game, look at the cha-ching! If you get it right, if you match two, And these colors are randomized for every gameplay. So I added the cheering sound in there. Uh, it says, you win. This is probably, That can probably be centered up a little bit better. But yeah, just to prove it, now the the shapes are different colors now for each play. So I have the timer saying how long it took. So yeah, what I have on the last slide is, hey, you can add a leaderboard. Submit this to the leaderboard. I didn't add a leaderboard just because you have to add text input and that that's kind of a pain to add. Uh that'll take a little bit more work to add that. Um I think I yeah I had the total number of tries there on the windscreen the game timer. Yeah you could add options no, total number of cards how many cards to match to uh that you have to match to make a match And I did add a little little simple title screen to that. So anyway, yeah, that's a simple memory card game implementation. Hope everybody found it useful. I'll put the code out there anybody wants to take a look at it uh, to see how it was implemented. So anyway, I hope people out there found it helpful. And uh, anyway, appreciate everyone out there listening and watching.